Our reading this morning is from Matthew 25, and it is the parable of the talent. Starting at verse 14. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you gave me five bags of gold. You entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown, and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money out on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the word of the Lord.
to good ending, weeping and gnashing of teeth, often preached about in Scotland, I have to say. I did hear a joke once about the very strong Scottish preacher who was preaching about the, the weeping and gnashing of teeth and the, he saw a man in the front row give him a toothless grin and the preacher leaned over the Pope and said, teeth will be provided. <laughs> but that's not what today is about. Throughout September we've been doing some different things. It's been really exciting just to, to have a variety of different things that we have been looking at. It's been really good. And today we are, like many churches across the diocese, looking at um, what the diocese is calling as the launch of its vision. And we're going to watch a film uh, a little bit later on that the diocese has produced to help us understand that a little bit more and to be excited about what is going on. But I wanted just to fill you in a little bit on the background as to what's been happening to take us to this point. You know, what is this about a diocesan vision? What's been happening? How has it been produced? Why? What is going on? Lots of dioceses are. They are trying to come up with something that, that kind of unites everybody. There is a, a slight tradition in the Church of England that we are in our parishes and the diocese is this kind of body that stops us from doing what we want to do and asks for our money. And often there's been a slight sense of not working together. And Bishop Andrew, as most of the bishops around the, the country are saying, actually... That is not what it is. The diocese, and Bishop Andrew describes it like this, is it's a piece of land. It's not this sort of faceless body that sits in offices up by Guildford Cathedral or in Quarry Street. The diocese is a piece of land that we all belong in, that we all minister within, that God has given us to be ministers within. And we have particular roles within parishes, and the diocese has an overseeing role as well. But we're all about the same thing. And this is what launching a diocesan vision is about. It's uniting us under a similar thing. But just to take you back, last May, so May 2015, Bishop Andrew was new in post, and one of the first things that he'd been tasked to do when he came in as bishop was to revitalise the vision of the diocese. There had been something called Common Purpose, which most people hadn't ever heard about, which showed that the vision wasn't really working. And he was tasked to look at Common Purpose and to enliven it, revamp it, bring it back to life. One thing is that that name has gone, but that's, that's neither here nor there. But he, the first thing he did was to, to form a working group, a working group that would begin to help him devise this, work at it, look at what needed to be within it. And I had the great fortune of being part of that working group. Bishop Andrew invited me to be part of that. There was about 12 of us. There were people from the diocese, the bishop, the dean, archdeacons, and then there were parish clergy, and there were some lay people as well. So I've been living this journey for a long time. So today doesn't come to me as new, but I'm conscious that I could think, well, everybody else knows about it. And of course, you don't, because you've never heard about it. So this is why I want to take you through the journey that has happened and we met and we, we talked about how we might move forward on actually exploring what is God saying to us now as a diocese and what would unite us all and give us uh, a sense of purpose and mission and moving forward. And one of the, the first things that happened was to create a survey. Now, some of you might have seen that survey. It was sent quite widely and some of you might have filled it in. PCC members received it directly. You may have read it. You may have filled it in. 
But it was a survey asking a variety of questions so that whatever vision was produced was coming from responding to what people were saying, to actually understand what was going on at ground level. And that really excited me that Bishop Andrew wasn't coming in saying, hi, I'm your new bishop and here's what you're going to do. He started by listening. There were several questions within it, but basically there were two main themes. What's going well and what are your struggles? Tell me what's going well in your parish. Tell me the good stories. Because when we know what's going well, we can foster that and make it even better. And where are your struggles? What's really difficult for you? And from the diocesan perspective, to be able to say, once we realise what's difficult, we can then work out how we help. How we help and maybe take down some of those barriers that might have existed. Some of those problems. 1,500 people responded to the survey, which is quite phenomenal. You often get surveys come through, and I just tend to delete them. But 1,500 people responded. The bishop then visited deaneries, where he discussed the results of the survey and invited further contributions. So at the end of the process, he'd received over 2,000 contributions. So that gives confidence that this vision is based on listening to people. 2,000 contributions is quite significant. And it was hearing what is going well, And what are you struggling with? Out of that came a number of big themes. And from that, the basis of a diocesan mission strategy. Now that language might not work for everybody. And Bishop Andrew acknowledged that last week. He gathered all the clergy together last week. And he talked about a diocesan mission strategy. And he said the word diocesan might put you off. The word mission, you might think, well, that's not my churchmanship, that's other churches talk about mission. And strategy sounds far too businesslike. He said, but bear with me. He said, we have to use language. Without trying to come up with something totally different, it does what it says on the tin. It's a diocesan mission strategy. Because this is about moving forward. It's about aiming to do better than we're currently doing, which is why this is one of the readings that was recommended for today. The parable of the talents talks about people who have been given a treasure and what they do with that treasure. And in Guildford Diocese, we have a treasure. We have good, well-kept, well-maintained buildings. We have congregations that are strong. Nearly every parish has a single incumbent. Again, that's not reflected around the nation, but we have a treasure. And we could sit back and be complacent, which is partly what had happened and and Bishop Andrew was tasked with actually achieving more potential from within our diocese because we can't become complacent when we've been given something that is a treasure we want to build on it and make more of it so it's about mission because it's about looking outward and it's about extending God's kingdom so the themes emerged and a strap line was developed called transforming church transforming lives. I've got some posters out in the porch and if you were to go onto the diocesan website you'd now see that that's the logo transforming church, transforming lives. Transformation being the key. If you were at Encounter on Tuesday you'll see why this resonated so much with me and I've enjoyed being part of this working group because at my heart is a desire to see transformation. We see transformation of individuals as they meet with Christ. When we first know Christ in our lives we are transformed. It doesn't stop at that moment of meeting Christ. It continues. So we believe also in the transforming work of the Holy Spirit. And that takes place through discipleship. 
that we continue to be transformed. We continue to become more Christ-like. This is what we believe. This is the heart of who we are. We are transformed as individuals and we continue to be transformed. And we also believe in the transformative effect that churches can have. If we believe in transformation, it makes sense that being here in Warner's Church, we have the power to transform the communities that we are part of. Transformation, transforming church, transforming lives. So that's the overall strap line. And that's the shared mission now across the diocese. Twelve goals have been identified. But just so that you get an understanding of what the goals are. We've got the, the overall aim. We're into transformation, transforming church, transforming lives. And the goals give us a framework of what might that look like. How might we go about and do that? It's great having big picture visions. But actually, at ground level, what are we going to do about it? What is that going to look like? And that's where the goals come. So goal one is about making disciples. Right at the heart, we have a goal that each church should be developing a plan for making prayerful, confident disciples in daily life. This is bread and butter stuff. Nothing radical here. Second one is increasing believers. Because we've got something good and we want more to know about it. So there's a goal to increase the number of new Christians of all ages and the development of new worshipping communities by 2027. 2027 is the 100th anniversary of Guildford Diocese, which is why that year has been brought out. And the goal that's been placed is 100 new worshipping communities by 2027. It doesn't necessarily mean 100 new churches. It might be new ways of being church. It might be messy churches. It might be other understandings and forms of worshipping communities. But we should be aiming for more. We should be aiming to be bursting out of our churches, increasing believers. Goal three, growing youth and children's ministry. For every parish to develop a safe, attractive and spiritually enriching children's and youth ministry, encouraging a sharing of resources where appropriate. If there is no youth and children's ministry in the church, the future is bleak. So let's aim high. Goal four, developing lay leaders. It's not down to the clergy to do it all and that's a terrible state if it gets to that. So the goal is to increase the number of leaders of all ages who are called, trained and deployed in the church and wider community. What I love about this is it's not just in the church. Part of being church is building people up to be leaders, to be Christian leaders wherever they are called. God calls many to be leaders outside of church. Praise God. And what are we doing to build that up? Goal five is a national goal. And so we've adopted it as a diocese and it may not be relevant to every parish, but that's to grow the number of clergy, recruiting more clergy by 50% from 2020 and beyond. There's a very practical reason for that. There's a whole bulge of clergy about to retire and not enough clergy in the system to fill those spaces. So suddenly there's a huge recruitment drive. That could sound quite negative, let's go out and find clergy. But actually it's about being far more discerning. It's about asking the questions and being bold enough to say, have you ever considered? By helping our young people see that that it's a vocation and a calling, giving them an example of what it might look like and actually putting it out there as a, as a viable option. It's, all that, so it's not just grabbing anybody and saying we need more clergy. It's actually seeking the call, helping people foster a vocation. Goal six, cultivating community partnerships. We're part of a community. We believe it can be transformed, but we need to work with people. Goal seven, reaching beyond our borders. 
developing our partnerships beyond ourselves, developing good mission partnerships in this country and across the world. Goal eight, nurturing education. We have a gift we've heard from our head teacher two weeks ago. Church schools are a gift. Let's nurture them, but let's also stand back and look at the whole of education and where we have a Christian contribution to bring. Goal nine, encouraging generous giving. Guilford Diocese is one of the wealthiest per capita if we look at just household in the nation. It's one of the poorest giving dioceses. How do we encourage generous giving within our diocese? Goal 10, sharing expertise. No longer do we sit in isolation and say, this is my church, we do it this way. And the church down the road, we're not going to talk to them. They're trying to do the same things. We all reinvent the wheel. Let's actually go to a neighbouring church and say, we were thinking about doing this. Oh yeah, we've done that before. Why don't you use this material? Why don't you share this idea? Let's actually share our resources, share our expertise. Goal 11, communicating effectively. For every parish and chaplaincy to develop effective communications, promoting a church that is visible, attractive and accessible. Every other company works hard on how it is perceived. And yet often that's the bottom of our list. What is our publicity telling? Is it telling the true story? And do we need to work harder at that? And then finally, improving church buildings. For every parish to work towards having church buildings that are fit for purpose in supporting today's ministry and mission. There are the goals, the framework, the expectations, the adventure, however you want to see it. The aiming high, the taking the treasure and building it more, making more of it. And Bishop Andrew and Bishop Joe, who is commissioned today, are at the heart of saying, this is who we are as a diocese. Will you join us in the adventure? And we're going to watch a film now that's been made with examples from all around the diocese of what this vision could look like. What does it actually mean in reality? And this is far more exciting than me reading out 12 goals. Welcome to Wellesley. This is my new parish. It's an unusual parish because there is no church building. There are no congregations. The people who will live here have yet to move in. In Romans, Paul writes, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. <laughs> 